Pickaxe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Triforce Podcast this week. We're uh, broadcasting from our uh, coronavirus-proof bunker in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, wow. we're self-isolating. That's we're the self-isolating, new, the yeah. we gotta, to we got to stay safe. It's, it's spreading. You know, I realized when they were talking about self-isolating, I just do that anyway. Yeah. Like, that's just that's just how I live. Video games yeah. have rendered me uh, pe- self-isolated. People have, been, people have been saying, like, you know... Draw the curtains, you know, tell yeah. the Ocado guy to leave the shopping on the doorstep. <laughs> and and then just, you know, watch that box set you've been putting off for a while. You oh, know? man. Like, like hey. that's my life anyway, right? Like, what's... Okay, check this, check this segue, check this transition. The box set that I've been putting off, okay? <laughs> right? I started watching it and, man, I'm loving it. I started watching The Toys That Made Us. The uh, the docu series oh, on Netflix. Really, I didn't watch it. It's, it's really really good. I like I put off watching because I just thought ah fuck you know I, I the the first season was great. They did uh, the Star Wars toys by Kenner, you know, like the original ones. Mm. The story's really interesting. They did He Man, which was really interesting, and they I had did so many of those. GI Joe, you know, like the yeah, the fully articulated well. three quarter. Yeah, I had tons of them too. Really interesting, and Barbie as well, which is uh, had tons which is of them. Su- yeah, super. Well, they are really too. legendary. So there's four episodes lines. in the first season. It the focus is more on sort of like North American culture, though in the in the eighties, from what I've I've noticed. You do know they, what I mean? Do like, they interview anyone who's like, oh, this is my mint collection." Yes, uh, tons of people. Caravan yeah. Barbie. She's still on the uh, packaging. It's like a yeah. she's got a whole house full of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And they talk about like. It's really interesting to see which which like flavors of Barbie did really well. Like Malibu Barbie, when it was introduced, became like the biggest seller of all time. I like mean, Malibu still, Stacey was referenced in The Simpsons, right? They still Malibu make Stacey. Malibu Barbies now because it's that sort of valley girl, yeah. you know, sun-kissed skin with, you know, blonde hair and stuff. And it's like almost became like a template for... I don't know, like like American women. Right, or so something. here's a question about that, right? Malibu Malibu Barbie comes out in the 80s, and then in the 90s and the 2000s, you have a well, lot. Well, no, of it came. I think it came out in like the in the 60s or the really? 70s. Really, Malibu, Malibu Barbie. Barbie, like the big yeah. seller. Because Barbie yeah, yeah. in the 80s was fucking huge. Barbie in the 80s was big and then slumped. And then Barbie in the 90s was big and then slumped. It's It's been around for a long time. So it's not... 1971. It feels like it's, feels like it's wow. been consistently really popular but there's been times where it hasn't been and and it's had to sort of move with the times as well like social change and stuff like that too i i don't know it's it's just weird it's it, it's kind of weird to think that it, it this is a toy that came out in the 50s um and has been around like all this time it's how it's much just, say do kids have in in buying this stuff and making are, are the kids the ones picking it off the shelves or are the parents the ones picking it for them i think back i think i think early on back in the days it was like you had to convince mothers before children about toys because 
you know, like a mother would take a, you know, like, I think kids get into a toy store and they're like, I want that one or whatever. But like when Barbie first came out, Barbie had boobs. And at the time it was just like, well, this fucking doll has boobs. Like, like everybody thought it was she like, she had a banging bod stuff. to be fair to Barbie. She really, I did. mean, it, it's changed a lot over the years and stuff. And they too. figure out that she was like some really alien size. She like, used to she be looked, thicker. She looked like Slender like, Man. The Barbie now is, is skinny as fuck, but Barbie used to be. The uh, the guy who originally designed her was a he did, used to design missiles for the U.S. military. He <laughs> got a and couple then, of missiles on this one, lads. <laughs> yeah, a couple of fucking then, torpedoes. Uh, so and then Mattel <laughs> scoop him up because he was like a, a you know an in, like industrial engineer or whatever, and he starts drawing up. Uh, he he like he invented you know like the the fucking knee snapping thing that you know when you bend Barbie's yes. legs and you hear that snapping thing like he 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 patented and invented that genius and like uh all, all the ways that she moves and her shape and everything and uh but it turned out like later in life that he was like a fucking total sex addict and like he just like did a lot of cocaine and was like a party boy and stuff and like it, it just seemed weird that like i wonder what came first like was he always like that or was it just from years of designing like this like perfect woman also more importantly so- <laughs> did he ever get any poontang because he designed barbie like was that a child oh uh, yeah well i think he was he was fairly wealthy like at the time they couldn't afford to pay him uh, the salary that he was getting paid designing missiles. So they brought him in on a lower salary, but they gave him like a 1.5% royalties of anything that he designed oh, for Barbie, uh, which made him like a millionaire overnight, basically. It was like a, this insane deal for him. You know what? It's so funny. When you think back to these businesses, all of these toys were mainly designed, made, overseen, managed by blokes. Yeah, well, especially back in like the fifties, the sixties, right. like but th- there would sure. absolutely have been women involved. But yeah. we're talking about the fifties and sixties. It was like a very, you know, very, very much a, a more sexist era. Uh, and I just imagine the Mad Men guys. But instead of doing advertising, I would like to see a version of Mad Men where they're arguing about Barbie dolls. Men. And John Draper give, gets up and gives some speech, yeah, about knees and snapping and how. You want a you want a shorter skirt? Well, let me tell you something. The American people aren't ready for a shorter skirt. You know, yeah. Real I, I imagine that it, it was somewhat like that. But they they had this uh, period where at Mattel, the um, the founder of Mattel was a, was a woman and her husband. But she was like the she was like the the big cheese, right? And uh, she got caught up in a in a big scandal where she was like cooking the books. Uh, because things weren't like going super well at Mattel at, at after a certain point. This is despite did having Barbie. Did she use the Barbie cooking set to cook the books? That's my question. <laughs> I'm sure she did. Yeah, but anyway, she was ousted. She was she was fine. She was ousted from the company. She had to do community service and stuff. And then there was a period where um, it was just a bunch of bunch of you know old crusty corporate guys that took over Mattel so they were I'll take over here sweetheart yeah yeah so they were running barbie and one of the one of the barbie lines that came out at oh that God, time they do like prison barbie and like community service barbie so she's <laughs> well, got a bin uh, bag no, no, no. <laughs> got the orange jumpsuit picking up but rubbish it was, <laughs> it was always it was always a hard sell to men because when men saw a barbie doll and they saw her breasts it, they immediately just thought about sex they humped it right but yeah. like when a woman saw a Barbie doll and or like a child saw a Barbie doll, like 
they didn't think on those terms, obviously, sort of thing. So, so these guys all take over the the Barbie franchise, and they're responsible for you know creating these new lines and keeping the company afloat or whatever. And one of the Barbies that came out around this time was <laughs> you could like you could turn her arm all the way around, and in doing so, it would like inflate or deflate her tits. <laughs> so you could like she be, she could become like prepubescent Barbie and oh then God. woman Barbie like just by, just by like twirling her arm around and like it's funny the lady describing it's like all these these men execs thought that it was just this incredible thing a feat of engineering that you could make, make the tits bigger, bigger. My arm god damn it Johnson you cracked it <laughs> yeah and it just totally flopped like all these all these mums like going to the store and seeing this and being mortified nobody bought it for their kids and stuff how do you even advertise that some on of the, the stories are, are super fucking funny so so anyway the tldr is it, it's a really cool series it's actually really well done it's very funny no the, it's super interesting uh and especially if you grew up in the 80s which it seems to focus on uh very heavily around the time when the gi joe uh sort of revamp came along he-man um you know star the star wars toys yeah. and stuff that, i mean that uh, was my that was my childhood was uh, yeah, the, yeah, of those course. toys same so it was just a massive blast of nostalgia for me when i really came good. to the uk having grown up with american toys and the sheer volume of them on offer and they were all very very glitzy and kind of they seemed like amazing i mean transformers uh, not all obviously a lot of these toys were not made in america but no, a lot no, of but them being launched in America, the cartoon sure. and all the rest of it, the, you know, G.I. Yeah. Joe and Transformers and He-Man, it all felt very American-centric. And growing up there, you felt like, this is incredible. And I came to the UK, and it was a bit like, because uh, obviously the UK, 70s, and, and partly into the 80s, was still recovering from sort of the war, and it had a far more socialist feel. So it felt a bit like going from the future to some dank, communist country where the toys were like a cheap knockoff of the west even though we, britain is in the west it felt like their toys We've got were kind working of man's barbara exactly. she knows how to cook barbara. a meal for her husband when he comes home after a large whole, long so day in the funny. coal mine it just felt a bit crappy like the barbie dolls the cindy and there was another one yeah. they just looked a bit bit chubbier and kind of not as well, well I mean, this is... they didn't have a tan their clothes were like homemade <laughs> yeah just so funny. this is another thing like because uh, my wife has been sort of half watching it in the background while I'm while I'm watching it and um, she's interested enough but because it is so North American focused like even with Barbie she had a couple of Barbies but she had Cindy's right like like yeah, that was yeah. the big thing in the UK so some of it she was like oh yeah whatever but like it it, it didn't really apply same with G.I. Joe's. Like, G.I. Joe's just didn't make it over here. It was, you know, it was like the Barbie-sized action men that were still Right, but, but the range the of, I mean, when I when I came over here, action men was not a thing you got in the States, like, at all. Like, toys, back then, I was thinking about this, I think we talked about it the other week, I can't remember, about that I was watching the original Day of the Jackal, when the, the characters in England, all the cars are English. When he's in France, they're all French. When he's in Italy, they're all Italian. And it was the same with toys, in that when I came over here, and I went to a toy store, there seemed to be a much smaller range of toys that I was used to seeing in huge volumes. And you just could not get toys over here 
that were available in the States. So yeah. I'd go to the States on holiday and I'd go to the Star Wars aisle and it would be teeming with stuff that we had just never seen in the UK, like the Ewok Village yeah. and stuff like that. But the, I think the Ewok Village was a pretty universal one, but there were other sets and characters and ships that you just could not get. Like you could get Slave One, Boba Fett ship, never saw it in the UK. If someone got it in the UK, fair play to you. But in the States, I saw way more range. It's the same with Barbies. And in a way it still is. Like the ranges of toys that they offer, the size of the stores is so much bigger. So when I came to the UK, everything seemed much smaller and pokier. And uh, the toy stores seemed to have a much smaller range. So their Star Wars range was like a few of the main characters, a couple of the bigger things. Yeah. But I never saw like a Millennium Falcon on the shelves or an X-Wing, but I used to see them all the time in the States. Yeah. It was weird. It's, yeah, it, I know it's, I guess nowadays, you won't get that so much nowadays because no. a lot of the shows that are watched in the West, for example, you know, people are watching them on like Netflix or whatever. Well, so, so you like, just, you can get it all on Amazon or whatever. Like yeah, it's all available. But like my, you know, my kids watch stuff on Netflix that is clearly American, right. but sometimes will be dubbed with like by somebody with a British accent. You know what I mean? Like there's lots of Canadian shows that they Paw watch. Paw Patrol. Yeah. Paw yes. Patrol is a perfect I don't know example. why they dub it into an English accent because they didn't dub Peppa Pig when they took it over to the States. They no. kept the original voices and they said a lot of little kids in America growing up with Peppa Pig's British accent, which is quite funny. But, it is, um, yeah. It's like, yeah, it was it was weird. There were a lot of shows you didn't get over here or the, it wasn't as, like it was every day in the States. Yeah. And I, in the, I would get my my Spider-Man comics and my 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 uh, all, all my Marvel comics really. And in them, there would be a big two page spread of like your Saturday morning TV. And it had all the characters and all these, all of them were just basically selling toys. Every single one of them was about selling toys. That was yeah. That was the way they did it. I guess I guess they still do that. I mean, there's a fuckload of Peppa Pig stuff out there. Holy shit, is there ever, yeah. And like, uh, my daughter's into My Little Pony now, which is oh, just, man. holy yeah, crap. Yeah, mine went through that phase as well. It's just, it, it's just everything. Like, I, it's almost like they make a movie and like frame... For, for frame, you can find a new toy in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's just like everything. If one new character is introduced, they can make like 12 variations of a toy for them and stuff. It's it's insane. I mean, that, that's what started that, that started with Star Wars and, and and followed through with Transformers and things like this. Yeah, and, yeah. And Star Wars was the big too, one like, for merchandise. I think, I think Star Wars was one of the first that, that did that sort of thing where it released basically the same toy over and over again, just in different variations. Like yeah. they had like miniature versions or they had like whatever, you know, they had like these different sets. It just did so well though. I mean, it was, it, I think that the iconic thing I remember was that, remember George Lucas saying that to Spaceballs that he could, you know, you could go ahead and make, do whatever you want with Spaceballs, just you're never allowed to make any toys, you know, because <laughs> that was like, the money that was where the money was i mean that that's they I, there's no doubt they made more money from well the funnily it's funny he realized that but they had the worst deal what like the story behind star wars and the toys they ended up signing with uh kenner remember kenner the yeah, toy yeah. company kenner this is just like a small ass toy company in cincinnati that had no really big lines of toys or whatever you know they were just they were just doing what they they could to get by sort of thing and then they landed the 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 rights to star wars because when Star Wars was coming out and being filmed, everybody just thought it was going to be a huge flop. Even George Lucas thought it was going to be a huge flop. Like mm. if you ever read about the story of Star Wars. So no toy companies wanted to touch it. They were just not interested. Um, and then Kenner comes along and says, yeah, yeah, we'll take it. But the deal that they made was like, it, it was crazy. It was like for every sale, like I think George Lucas got like 2.5 cents on the on, on a say, on a dollar. 
Fox got 2.5 cents on a dollar and then the rest went to Kenner. So they just had this like insane deal and they just made millions. Like it was just, it was absolutely nuts. Is this what contributed to that original kind of idea of the Christmas scarcity of a toy and that whole... Yeah, well, so what they did, they didn't have the toys ready in time for Christmas when the movie came out and nobody expected the movie to be as big as it was. And when Christmas came around, they had no physical toys to sell. But what they what they did was they sold this piece of paper that had a picture of all the figures. So you bought the piece of paper. It was like a poster with all the figures on it. And then you bought into this promise that the toys would ship to you within like three or four months of wow. purchasing that at Christmas. That so they still managed to get this crazy Christmas rush in of sales. And then once the toys were ready and they hit the shelves, they just like fucking they ne- they never even touched the shelves. They were just flying like out of the stores. Like, it's like a Kickstarter. They, they sold like yeah. over two billion Star Wars toys, like just for the original trilogy. Like it was Holy insane. Did you know Holy that crap. Kenner made some toys to tie in with the Aliens franchise? Probably. That's what yeah. I had. If you look them up in your own time, <laughs> listeners of this, podcast, reckon they were thinking it's, it's going to be as big as Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> well, they made them in 1992, and Aliens well, came out in 1986. So God knows what they were thinking, but but they've taken the characters and they've tried to make them like nowadays. If you think about the characters that come out, the Lord of the Rings movies, a- any fucking movie, you go. I go into my my local comic shop yeah. in Richmond, and they've always got toys in tie-ins for for everything. So every movie that comes out, because it's grown-ups collecting them, really, for their little glass case of, of inceldom that they put all their things in. And these were way before that. 1992, this wasn't a thing back then. And they've taken them, and it's, like nowadays they're made loving recreations of the characters. So there's like John Wick toys or whatever, and there'll be a, a perfect model. It'll look just like John Wick in the movie. But back then, if you look at this, they've been like, their imagination has run wild. So Ripley has like a gigantic cannon and like all this stuff hanging off her. Oh. Um, Vasquez has a back-mounted missile launcher that sits on top of her head and has a giant rack of missiles. Like they've literally turned them into cheap-ass superheroes as a vague tie-in to the Aliens franchise. That's so weird. It happens a lot with toys though. Like if you watch this documentary, you'll see that a lot of the big like that like the the final play for like a lot of these toys cuz like there there's definitely a shelf life for them as well the gi joe toys i remember weird. them dominating my childhood they were only they were only popular for like 4 or 5 years and they were yeah, just yeah. gone completely slumped and it was the same it was like at first it was like you know the real american hero yeah. they they were fighting cobra and stuff and then it just got crazy they were in space fighting octopuses and stuff and like and people just moved on to whatever was coming out next it, that was fresh the toys and stuff. That informed the media though too. Like that they became they made more money than the media. So it was like we need to you make the media to sell these toys. Yeah. What how can we make this? And and as a result, it's like the the the, the hand the dog scratching the hand. What is it? What yeah. um, <laughs> he, like the He Man toys were the same. It was like the first first year sales, they they couldn't they couldn't have imagined it. They were just like, what? They thought they thought they they would make maybe a million. They ended up making like seven million in their first year, so they were pretty happy. But then like second year was like um, fucking some crazy like thirty million. Third year was like seventy million, and then fourth year was like two hundred million, and they were just like holy shit, like we can do no wrong. We'll just keep pumping out He Man toys. Fifth year, back to seven million. Like it yeah. just 
completely fucking bottomed out. I wonder like, if it's like, um, like if you think about the, the, as you said, the shelf life for these toys, it's not just like what's hot. Because if you think about it, something doesn't stay hot for like five years. Yeah. It's more like kids are the right age. Yeah, that's the it. The cartoons come out. This is the best thing ever. But when those kids grow up, you can't rerun the old cartoons because they're no longer cool. And also, when that kid's grown up too big for those toys, they give them to their younger sibling. You don't need to buy them a second time. No, of course. And but, then you uh, need to get that, a new generation into it, but then everything's changed. There's new, cooler cartoons. That's it. I mean, you like the next generation of kids isn't going to be interested in what the previous generation played with, right? Because there'll be something new. Like, I remember He-Man sort of like, not not necessarily dying out because I loved it. I used to watch the show and everything. But as I got older, I remember I remember getting into G.I. Joe's. And that was right. just like, okay, I'm playing with G.I. Joe's now. And then after G.I. Joe's, I got more into like constructs and Lego and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that's a fairly natural path for a child and, and yeah. playing with toys sort of thing. Yeah. But like, I mean, of uh, course, you're going to, you, you know, in the same way that we flip between movies and franchises and TV shows and, and games these days. Like, but then again, some things have stuck around for a long time. I mean, yeah. Pokemon cards, think about that. What's that? Yeah, they keep coming back. Of, man, they keep of, coming of out. There's like a new series that just came out. My son's buying them. Like we went to, we, there was like a local comic convention here last weekend and he he just we went and he bought a bunch of pokemon cards it was just like what like interesting. like the latest series or he doesn't even play pokemon he just collects yeah them. no no same my eldest my eldest just collects them yeah she's got a book yeah like what she we we, we got like the book book with the little slidey holes for all the cards yes she organizes yeah. them according to this that, and the other but there's she's never some plays really it. weird psychology there isn't yeah there? and and, and he likes trading them too he trades yeah, she, them with his friends at school lives to trade it's them. crazy gotta catch them it's all. funny like it i guess it teaches them a bit about like economy and money and stuff like that like because at first he was just trading stuff because he thought his friends would want these things i was like right. don't give your good stuff away like you, right, you right. Know, trade your doubles and trade for stuff that you need and he was like oh yeah like it just clicked like it was, <laughs> it was it's funny like because kids they don't really know what they're doing you know no, you gotta, yeah. like, gotta help well them my, my eldest is some kind of uh trading savant because she she keeps her eye on the trends she <laughs> understands that what the, oh, she she came home the other the She's other like week. a day trader with like she, screens. She literally is. She she came home at the start of this school year and she was like, put a suit on. Some of the uh, I think some of the year threes because they've moved up to the so there are two playgrounds at the school. There's one for the the year one and two kids, and then once you're in year three to year six, you're in the big playground. So the year three new intake. They see all the stuff that the year fives and sixes are playing with, and of course, so she's they hustling. The year threes come into the playground. She sees them, and she said to me, "Some of the year threes are getting into Pokemon. I think that's a uh, you know." And she was basically thinking, "New market, new." Uh, do you want? Do you want to invest? Dad? New market. Sorry, yeah, she was like, "You should get in on the ground floor. This is going to be big. It's a bear <laughs> yeah. market. Let's go. Or is it a bull market? I don't know. Whichever it is, bull market. I think so." She figures out that all the kids in year three just want the cute Pokemon and they'll trade their good Pokemon for cute Pokemon. So she starts trading for cute Pokemons so she can <laughs> double her winnings by going to nice. the year threes and giving them the nice. cutie pie Pokemons. So she comes, she says to me, this one kid just wants Pikachus. Doesn't matter if they're really bad Pikachus, he wants them. I've got a Korean Pikachu. He's going to want that. So she takes that into school on the Friday when they're allowed to take him in. She's trading up like 10 GXs or whatever they are for like one, one lousy rare Pikachu. That, that's like worthless. She's like, it's garbage. The stats are garbage. I was like, what do you care about stats? You don't even play the game. But she just, she knows that that is then more valuable to another trader. Yeah, yeah. Who does oh, play. 
That's smart. You you you've raised you you've I'm raised in. an entrepreneur. How much does she want? <laughs> she needs a million a million. Put me down pounds. for two boxes for two percent of the company. I'll take, and I'll take five cute Pikachu's, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but get this: she expanded her market further. Right? She realized that there were a lot of boys that didn't have an interest in Pokemon cards, but they had some. They just acquired them somehow. Like there were a lot of boys that just wanted them. to talk to girls. Right. Well, so. she found out that they were into match attacks, like the football cards. So she traded and we bought. She was like, I need to buy some match attacks. I was like, oh, you're getting into football? She goes, no, I still don't care about football. But the boys at school want the match attacks cards. And I don't care if I give them a Mario Balotelli or whatever, as long as I can get some Pokemon cards. And they'll do like three and four to one because they care more about the match attacks than they do about the Pokemon. So she realized that the value for those guys was in the match attacks. So she bought and she traded for some shit match attacks cards. Bingo, she's she's doubled up. So all the all the boys are upgrading out of Pokemon. They're like, Pokemon's dead. We're we're 13 years old now. We don't it's want no Pokemon. It's all about football cards now, baby. Yeah. yeah. Well, they they were 10 to be fair, so. Yeah. It's funny how these um how these little factions form at school though, cuz even my son who's 8 and in year 3, there's like four or five guys at his school who are I guess their their dads are really into football and and as a result they're really into football or whatever. But man, these kids have like all the jerseys and they trade cards and they play football at lunch and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, it's insane. All right, so let me ask you guys, this is this is a, a moral quandary, if you like. Um, this is a, a friend of mine. Their son isn't really good enough to play football for the school team. Right. But he loves football. He's very enthusiastic. He wants to play. Right. Now, the school team doesn't have a B team. They only have an A team. So you either make the cut or you don't get to play and you don't even get to train with the team. Like they just train the A team kids. They don't, there's, if you didn't make the cut, that's it, you're out. Oh so, my God. From I a perspective- figured this story out. Is this, are you talking about yourself in Dota 2 right now? No, there's no A or B team. I'm fucking D team. <laughs> like, maybe he could it. become a coach <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> or a I referee. Love, I love the game, but no one wants to be on their team. <laughs> <laughs> Is he good at? Is he good at uh, being a goalkeeper? Maybe. Well, that's or is no. That a different... I mean, I, I, he 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 loves football. Like he it's lives great, for football. It's a great suggestion. He, but he just so can't. That do might it. be so, the answer, people. No, that's not the answer because that's still playing football, lads. They don't just it's stick not the really, worst player it, in goal. Though? You have to be good at being a goalie to be. In I goal. know, but maybe maybe it's he maybe he set. should try it out. Maybe he'll find that he's actually good at that. You know, no, no, it's a different. Yeah, set I'm of sure skills. he has, but the point is that they've run the rule over this kid and decided he's not up to scratch. So. What what do you say if that's your child who says, I really want to play football, I didn't make the cut, what can I do? What do you do? Do you like Barbies? All the other kids in your class, all the other boys in your class are playing football. You can't. Do you like missiles? <laughs> do, you, do, you like, do, do you want to design some missiles? Look, you know you football. You can be your own man. Just because you, you look, sometimes you don't want to be, sometimes you don't want your hobby to become your passion, uh, your, your job even. Sometimes you want your passion to stay as your passion. Your hobby can be like this thing that you're... You're like, you love, you know, if you start playing football, maybe you'll hate it, you know? Stick well, to no, the sides. He, I mean, he has played and he really wants to play. That's he really wants to play. How about mascot? Can he wear the costume? This is the, this, I, I don't know why I fucking asked you of, of all football people, manager. Lewis Brindley. Tell your friends, you know, to watch, there's a whole bunch of really um, good YouTube documentaries on, um, on famous basketballers like Kobe Bryant and like Michael Jordan and stuff. And I'm sure this exists for all types of sportsmen or whatever not only do you have to play a lot and practice a lot but there's like a lot of psychology in it too right like there's some yeah i was, I, I watched some really interesting videos recently about kobe bryant and like how he would like approach you know like matches against you know people he thought were like really tough competition for him sort of thing right because like 
if 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 they're paired up against each other on opposing teams or whatever, um, there's a chance that they can't score as many points as they normally would for their team, right? And then they they could lose as a result. So right. he had to like study his 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 enemies a lot um, <laughs> to see what kind of stuff they would do, what sort of positioning they would use and stuff, so that he could. Um, you know, foil them uh, and oh, yeah. prevent them from from scoring points and stuff. And he was like really good at it. But a couple of times when he wasn't so good at it and was frustrated with it, he went away and just like worked even harder to like study them and everything. And then would come back and get results and stuff. I, 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 I Maybe agree. Maybe it's the with same you. with this football kid. Maybe he's you, just got to go do. off and and not only does he have to do the physical, but you got to do the mental as well. You see, like sh- you know, like short shorter footballers who are still like playing at the top flight, despite the fact that they are, you know, not as. Well, like, look at uh, Wayne like Rooney. Like, he's like the Danny DeVito of football, and he was. He's, yeah. He's what good. are you talking about? You'll he's, see, he, like Wayne Rooney wasn't that short. I don't watch much football. Yeah, I was going to say it's pretty obvious. <laughs> look, I mean, Lionel Messi would be a decent. Example: Chavi. These were small guys. Iniesta, Carlos Puel was short for a defender. Yeah, okay, Mister Football. We get it. You know a lot of football. Basketball. Again, it's even harder though if you're a small guy to to make it. I guess, and and there will be a point at which you know. I, I'm assuming this. Well, you might not get yours, the dunks, P-flex, but you can still is... get the shots. You might be good at throwing three pointers or whatever. Like you know, everybody's got that, but. I think you. I think you just got to keep working at it. I think if he's ten, I think he. I don't think he should pack in his dreams of being a foot, pro footballer right now. No, no, no. Listen, this isn't about being a professional footballer. This is wanting to play football with your friends at school. But so not my being good is, enough to do it. Right. He hasn't right. made the cut at school. Okay. <clears throat> and they play like every day. If he loves it, he has to keep trying because some people naturally will just will just gravitate towards and be better at it to begin with. You're saying he needs to double his work effort. Yeah, some people will just take longer to get good. But with enough practice, he can get good. Like, it's not... He's not doomed to never well, be good at it. I mean, if he's actually it. got, like, a broken leg or something, can he actually physically can't do it? Then, I mean, well, that's that, a little that bit a different, different conversation. But yeah, but I but yeah. I mean, there's no, been no sort of mention of that, so I'm assuming... Oh, yeah, in- sorry, no, he has no arms or legs. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. Well, have you, what about being a header? You have to do that. What about being a header? Let's move <laughs> off football. Let's move <laughs> off football because this is actually <laughs> triggering me. They should have that. Like he's Peter Crouch, a, he was a header, he's right? He's got a jetpack and he heads the balls. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I would watch the hell out of that. That would make football so much more watchable. Well, man, I think everyone would. It's like basically Rocket League. Oh, that would be a fucking toy. That would be like a fucking amazing toy line. It would. If Kenner Kenner were making toys. Never design a toy If Kenner were making toys (laughs) about the the 1990 uh, football team, the Italian 90 England team, around that era, that's when Kenner were at their peak. You would have had Gaza with a jetpack. Gary oh, Lineker yeah. would have had like giant feet because oh, he's yeah. shooting an action <laughs> kick. Like you pull his leg back and it sh- kicks really hard and stuff. And they would have had accessories like bazooka a, a that fires special communication helmet, bazookas and everything. Uh, yeah, it would have been Bobby Robson would have been a gigantic in a gigantic robot a suit. Ball zooka. Okay. Yeah, so I was thinking earlier. Peter Shilton is the shape of the goal. He's just the, the, the actual shape what of the goal. What would the equivalent? <laughs> Of what would the fucking equivalent of alien toys be these days? Are we talking about like a human centipede action figure yeah. or like a yes. Stephen King's It clown action figure? Do you know what I mean? I like, mean, but there, there probably are those things, but they're Texas not aimed at Chainsaw kids. Chainsaw Massacre. My, my thing but, is that these were clearly toys aimed at kids. 
for a franchise of movies that are eighteen. The alien plus. ones were, yeah, the alien ones. Definitely I don't think were. I don't think toys are toys historically um, weren't made against movies, and and only few movies have pulled off successful toy ranges, and the reason is because movies are only in a movie theater for like a couple of months or whatever, and then they're gone sort of thing, right? But now you can buy the DVDs and watch it at home or, or whatever. But it's easier to make toys off a long-running TV series, right? But I think what's happening now is a lot of toys are coming out off the back of video games. Mm. I think that's a big There's toy There's loads of fucking now. Halo toys and stuff That like culture. That, yeah. uh, gears of War. I see it, some Gears of War. It fits in perfectly with collecting and shit like that. Yeah. So video games, I think, are huge toy yeah, sellers. Yeah, and, and a sustained, long-running franchise with iconic characters. All right. So what would what would be the least appropriate toys to release based off a video game? I'm thinking Amnesia Ooh. would be a pretty pretty bad like, like, range of like toys. Like a, a toy range uh, for the video game, The Suicide of Rachel Foster, for example. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Yeah, exactly. Just off the top of my head. Off the top yeah. of my head. Yeah. I mean, these are not like. I guess I guess if it's not child friendly, it doesn't tend to go super mainstream, does it? You know, you've got like Mario not when it comes Zelda to toys. And Halo. There's loads of Fortnite toys. You've seen those in the toys. Yeah, but loads of kids play Fortnite. Like five, five Nights at Freddy's, which isn't even really for kids like, at all. Right? Isn't yeah. at all for kids. And, and they're super popular with kids. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know why. I have no that's idea crazy, why either. Actually, that yeah. that is a real one that's really had a breakthrough, hasn't it? Five Nights at Freddy's. That is that is super. Still weird never played that, it. To so many kids. There's Resident like, Evil yeah. toys. Yeah. There's fucking Overwatch toys. There's Lego for Overwatch. Like there's you Dota know, toys, even WoW. but they're only for yeah. Dota nerds, really, like me. Well, that's so. more for collectors. But then yeah. Dota. I guess Assassin's Assassin's Creed's pretty sort of middle of the road, isn't it? It's teen teen yeah. stuff. Yeah. Who's drinking That's a Capri, really. son? Uh, it's me. I mean, they're just the word assassin. You know, a guy who literally murders people. Having kids, you could imagine having kids' toys of him, right? Yeah, but he looks. And again, how he different cool, is that though. to like a GI Joe? You know, what's GI Joe doing? He's not fucking, you know, saving cats out of trees, is he? He's no, murdering people. No, he's not murdering people. Uh, you can't murder someone this... if you're in a war. Nobody with them, dies right? in GI Joe. Their, their plane explodes and they parachute out. Everybody parachutes to safety in GI Joe. That's the running. Sort of like me. Even if they're on the ground. Joe. What if I shot you? You just yeah. You, you dive yeah, out of the exploding the tank. Yeah, and you right. might get scuffed up a bit, but you're you, nobody ever died in Jojo. I mean, no right. one died in A Team, and that was still and that was about a bunch of soldiers fighting mercenaries. Yeah, and then nobody died. It's too, it's too violent. Yeah, it's too what violent. are they doing? They're not. They're like the worst team of mercenaries ever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's that's the whole point. Like, can you imagine being the government agency that employed the A Team? You'd be like. The A team has a zero percent kill record. <laughs> well, I think that's I, I think that's a, a right, testament to all, how professional they these are. These numbers yes. are all wrong. First of all, in, the Terminator and Terminator Two didn't kill anybody, and he still got the fucking job done, didn't he? Spoiler alert. Apologies. What do you mean he killed tons of people? He killed no, the parents. He killed the dog. In Terminator Two, excuse me, Lewis. T one thousand killed a bunch of people. I don't think. Terminator, oh, the Terminator that, 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 he was, was a hero. Programmed to be good to protect John Connor. John so Connor said to him. Don't no, kill you, were not, you were not descriptive over which Terminator you said was killing people. I said the Terminator. Terminator 2 is the only one worth actually watching. So I think when somebody says the Terminator, they're talking about Terminator 2. But when I'm talking about the Terminator, I'm thinking of Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Terminator, the governor. But he was the good guy in that movie. Did he yes. kill anyone in Terminator no, 1? But in the first film, what? he did kill people. And he was going to kill okay. people in 2, but John Connor stopped him and said, 
What are you he doing? He was going to kill Linda Hamilton guys. in the first one, remember? Yeah, he tried to kill her. But when they sent a different one back to protect John Connor, he was in an argument with some guys in a car park and he pulled out a gun and he was going to shoot them. What the start, did you do that for? Yeah. Because you told me to. I'm not against people. I'm not against people not killing people. I'm, cool. I'm all for it. I'm all for people not killing people. I'm, I'm down with it. Like, I'm, I think it would be great if we could solve every problem without killing. But I just find it quite odd that something so focused. It's like, it's imagine imagine if Assassin's Creed, in that whole franchise, he never killed. He never assassinated anyone. It'd be yeah. a bit weird, wouldn't it? He could be a lyrical assassin, maybe. Bust out some limericks or whatever and verbally assassinate people. <laughs> There's different forms of assassination, Lewis. You should know by now. Right. Character assassination. Yep. Yeah. Oh my Character God. assassination is another one. Yeah. Character Assassin's do, Creed. That do, would be a very different. He just gets up on stage and does a two-hour roast. Oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck. He posts nasty things on Twitter and gets sued for defamation. Yeah. So coronavirus, huh? Oh, well, man. Let's not go back to coronavirus. Please, we let's, don't know not. let's not. We don't know what's going on. It's, it's, it could be... The big news now is that it. there's a lot of cases in Italy. There's like 500 cases in Italy. And, Mamma uh, mia. I hope and countries okay. are warning uh, their citizens not to travel to Italy because... The thing is, you may as well to... tell them not travel. I think because I, I'm by the time this comes out, I'll be there. I'm in Kiev next week, so I'm I'm going via Munich Airport. I'm going to Kiev. What are you going there for? A dote event. All right, right. So and me, gonna... me and Sips go to GDC next week. Yeah. Oh, next so, week. Well, we're like both. 10 days we're, time. we're traveling, right? Fuck. We're, we're all three of us are traveling, and it doesn't really matter if it's in Italy because if it's in Italy and it's it's everywhere. Like I I, I think if you really want to stop it, everybody stays home. For two weeks, well, you shut down everything. Riddle me this. San Francisco has, the city of San Francisco has declared a state of emergency and there's zero confirmed cases of the coronavirus in San Francisco. <laughs> How does that what? work? What? Well, they're yeah. panicky in Frisco. You know, it doesn't take much to, to panic the people of San Francisco, I guess. <laughs> there's got to be a reason for doing it. I'm just trying to understand what We've the run out is. of hummus. We're out of rice <laughs> around. state of emergency. Rice around. There's no avocados. The San Francisco treat. Who remembers that advert? Oldies? Any oldies? Any boomers? No? What are you fucking doing? Uh, there'll be some listener out there that knows what I'm talking about. Somebody. <laughs> some Somebody somewhere might know. And they'll me. recognize that jingle, too. Laugh <laughs> 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 it up. I entertain myself. I entertain myself. On your own. What, uh, what, have you guys played any, any video? Video games recently i'm in a i'm in a rut i, can, I haven't been able to find anything that oh. i that i want to play but I'm all i've, I've stopped are, playing overwatch which is a good, good that's first a good step. thing yeah there are three games that i'm into at the moment obviously dota i'm going to exclude because it's, that's been a permanent fixture in my life for eight years so wow. i'm going to say dota's always been there all right i'm not going to list that as one of my hot games for now because i still play it pretty much every day right um squad <coughs> squad um, just had a big update, uh, three big updates since I last played it. It's amazing. It's very, very cool. It's very difficult, right. but it feels very cool to be flying in helicopters. You can call in artillery strikes. It's very cool. Hell Let Loose, I still want to play that as a new map for that. I want to play that. Tarkov. Tarkov. I've been playing Tarkov, and it is very fun. It's very tense, very nerve-wracking. Yeah. We were People were asking me in chat, do you think Sips was like this? I was like, I think Sips would fucking hate this. I played it last night. I got it. I played what it last night. I, I like it. I like the idea of it. I like it's tense, but it's so um 
I wish you just had a compass on the HUD yeah, so that dude, you could call out real. where stuff is instead of having to be super descriptive. It's behind the blue container to the right of where you are, not where I am. Like, it just takes... Yes. It's a clusterfuck <laughs> of... Uh, it, playing with a team is impossible. Like I, It's very difficult. I feel like maybe playing solo would be a little yeah. bit easier. Well, th- th- I mean, some what, what I've found is certain maps lend themselves to pure fighting. You don't really need to worry about anything else. Um, I get lost on the maps an awful lot. Some of them are very big. And once you know them, I think that's half half the game, maybe more than half the game. A bit like Counter-Strike. If you play CSGO, if you don't know the maps, you're basically useless. And I think Tarkov is a lot like that. It, it, there's something very satisfying about killing people and taking their stuff. Yes. And I, I love that in, the, in a game. When you're yeah. like, I didn't just kill you. You're out of this run, that's it. There's no respawn for you and everything you had on you, apart from the stuff in your little special case, I'm taking that. Yeah. It's but like doubling down in poker. It is. It? Yeah. But, but I then need to escape. But that special case isn't big enough to fit like really good stuff though. But, but Well, yeah, but you can put the really valuable stuff, the really valuable stuff, like special keys and things like that, you oh, can yeah, put in yeah. the case. Yeah, some of those keys are worth like hundreds of thousands of rubles and stuff eh? Like yeah the- but i was watching like um sacriel stream it he has like 200 million rubles or something crazy like that yeah. the dude's been playing it since release just crazy rich going in all mega geared up man now, my, my satisfaction does not come from thinking one day i'll be that geared my satisfaction comes from thinking i'm gonna kill that guy with the shittiest gun i can find that is what i get out of the game i just want to survive one round i played <laughs> three games last night and i did okay like surviving and stuff and then right at the end, uh, just like everybody's like, okay, go to the distraction thing. Where are you guys? I've, I've lost you. I'm dead. Like I just somebody just fucking shot me on a train track. It's and, very frustrating. Yeah. Like you get people camping the exits, uh, which is the lowest of the low. I mean, they literally lie in a corner waiting for you to try and exit the map. And then they shoot you and take your stuff. And yeah. people will run to the exit to camp the exit. Like they'll the match will start and they will just run to the exit to camp it. That's it. And I'm thinking, what a desperate piece of shit you are. Fuck you. <laughs> it, it's it's such a neat idea for a game though. I really like it. And it is yeah. tense. It's like it's 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 like playing Rust without having to worry about um gathering resources and setting up a base and stuff like that, right? It's it's just the 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 PvP, but it's it, it's simulated very well, isn't it? Like the, the damage, I mean I, I think the, the combat's guns, really good and everything, combats, the healing. Yeah. yeah. But but it's like reloading your gun takes a while, you know? It's like yeah. all these little decisions you have to make. Uh, and the medical stuff, you don't just go foot, foot, bandage done. Well, and, and you've got just, to do these fucking battlefield operations. My dude's yeah. extracting the bullet and stitching himself up. It's like it's crazy. It, even even just like loading up magazines, like bu- keeping track of how many bullets you have and stuff. Like you you yeah. could find yourself in a situation where you're like, fuck, I have no ammo. I'm yep. almost dead. I, I really need to extract. Like it's it, it is really well done. It's yeah, it's, it's a really it's a really neat idea. You can I can see why it's so popular too because I think it's. I think it's, it's fun to stream, but it's, it's also a nice change boxes. from Battle Royale too. Yeah, because it still feels like Battle Royale, but it's not. Um, yeah, it's like the next evolution, right? It's like the next one. It's not Fortnite and it's not Apex. It's well, just instead the next of newest. having a circle that 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 sort of shrinks around you, you're you're limited by time. You have half an hour, so like you have to extract within half an hour. So you have a limited time to run around on the map kill people, take stuff, loot stuff, gain XP, whatever, you know what I mean? So it's like, it, it's 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 not like this thing that you can just spend a lot of time meticulously doing, you know? It's just, it's it's something you have to sort of think about and plan, 
kind of, you know, it's kind of like with BRs, you, you, you sort of have yeah. to react to this circle closing. But, you know, with this, you have to sort of be mindful of the timer and and but then the additional the additional adjustment, which I think is so clever, is that there are also AI units on the map. Yes. But players can also be controlling the AI units. So you can do a run where you spawn in as a scav and you have random gear and you can keep you can exit the map and you can keep whatever you exit the map with just like regular, but you don't have a special container. So you either get out or you that's it. And you have to try and kill the other players and take their stuff. Yeah. Which makes it really interesting because that means otherwise you think, oh, it's just a scav. We yeah. can just kill it. But that scab could be a dude, and he could be really good. You have a hideout that you can um, upgrade. You can upgrade the hideout and everything. Yeah, you yeah. can find yeah. parts for your hideout out on, you know, in these missions, bring them back and upgrade your hideout, which give you, like, passive bonuses and stuff. I will say this. I've streamed it a bit. It is the most backseated game I think I've ever played. Yeah. Everything I'm doing is wrong. No, don't put your screws there. You need the bolts and the screws. Don't don't sell that. Oh my god, what do you do? It's like constant. Yeah. And oh, don't put that ammo in that gun. You need the the PP seventeen forty eight B rounds, not the C rounds. You noob. You're like, all right, come on. Oh I've man, there's for like there's 10 like hours. there's six vendors and they all sell this random assortment of magazines, ammo, weapons and stuff. It's like I bought a gun yesterday and it took me like an hour to find yeah. the 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 vendor that actually sells the magazine for this thing oh my God. and then yeah. load the bullets into it I'm going to have to check this out. Here's my thing, um, which I've played, which I recommend you play Sips. The new DLC for RimWorld came out. Oh like, yeah, I know. People keep getting me to... I, I, I'm not in the mood to play RimWorld. You Same. have to be in the mood, it's right? It's RimWorld Royalty. It, brother. It's, the, it's 15 quid. Uh, it's got this amazing system where there's like uh, this sort of imperial kingdom and yeah. you can they sort of I could, they can give you quests. I was, so I was questioning in... this the other day as paid DLC um, and like a lot of people pointed out I was playing Farmer's Dynasty at the time which I paid like 20 bucks for and like you know so they were saying like how could you question that when you paid money for like this crappy game or whatever and that's a fair point but with RimWorld and the amount of mods that are out, it feels like hasn't somebody already modded that? Like, or did they just take a really good mod and then charge how, for it? How long have you spent on RimWorld to get your, you know, ten bucks worth or whatever? I think, oh yeah. I think oh, you, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I've gotten it. I don't mind supporting them further. It's an I think amazing you afford game. Afford a DLC which has a shitload of stuff anyway. But I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm not criticizing. I'm just curious as to how they found something that wasn't modded or you know what i mean like it, it, i i will i will this definitely is, this, this get is it my question too i don't mind supporting them but it just it seems crazy that a mod doesn't already exist for that or did they just take it a the mod and polish mods it up is that they they're they're made by random people who are usually shit they're not updated they're not stable they're not yeah. very good they're not very in depth they're not balanced they're not fun you know, and they don't usually work very well. I don't well. know. Like, some some RimWorld mods are really good, though. Yeah, like, yeah. But I I think I think the thing is the mods can only they can change a little bit, but they can't change the underlying code. So right. whatever happens with a mod, it's still basically building on the base game. So yeah. any DLC that the actual devs release, they can change the game to fit that. So it's like version one point one of RimWorld, right? So they've been some obviously some changes under the hood. That a mod wouldn't be able to do. I think that's that's the essence of it. I got a weed mod for RimWorld that had like all this broken ass stuff in it, but it was well done. It was cool. You could grow weed and like harvest the weed and stuff, but then you could make like weed armor and stuff that sold for a lot of money, which was in itself kind of broken. And I think 
Another thing you have to be careful of when you get a mod in RimWorld is depending on what it sort of contributes back to your colony, if it all of a sudden just raises the worth of your colony tenfold, you're going to get raided by something that you just can't defend against. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, might have been something that was really easy to set up that made you a lot of money, but then you don't have the gear that you need to fight off a raid of like 20 fucking you know, robo-maggots or whatever they are. Oh, man. So, so so anyway, this DLC, it's added, like, these sort of quests that you could do f- to raise yourself in the king's eyes. And so one of the quests that I saw Ben doing was that the king gave him, had made him look after his royal stag, okay? And so he, the king, king, you had to look after the stag and feed it and stuff, but the king sent some bodyguards with the stag, which were like four power-armoured badasses with sort of these new weapons and gear and stuff. And then, obviously, the someone wants to capture and kidnap the king's stag, so they send these waves of mechs at you. And you know, you're trying to like heal up the power guys and keep them fed and build them rooms and stuff and keep them happy. And then eventually, you know, you you hold off all of these mechs, and then you sort of get to get raised up to a duke and you give, get some special powers. And the king asks you to build something for him, or you know, it's it's cool and it's fun and it's different and it gives you this alternate win condition as well. Rather than launching the rocket, the idea is to like ascend to be a king of your own area i it's kind of it's good stuff um and i recommend you give it a go and not not be put off by the idea that i think rimworld did add modding support and you know they it is a game with mods that's had allow it i think that that shouldn't you shouldn't hold that against it no no um if, if it didn't have any mods i was just surprised that um, dlc came out so long after the game has been released and there wasn't already like a, a mod in existence that kind of did that. And maybe there is, but at, at the same time, I don't begrudge paying more money for a game that I've gotten, you know, 10 times the value out I of mean, it. I mean, honestly, the, the, it's, it's like a one-man team as well, right? It's true. Like, um, I, think he's got, I think he's got a few people with Tynan him now. Sylvester, but, is that his name? Yeah, he yeah, probably has dude, a couple of people amazing. now. Yeah, it's a but, great but, game. But it, it, it's, it's really good, so I recommend you, you give it a go. I played, uh, I played that Stone Shard for a bit yesterday, which I... I Overall, I liked. I like the look of it. It's hard as balls. Yeah, it's yeah. it's hard, but it feels bullshit hard and not like it. It it doesn't feel hard in a clever way. It, it like <laughs> Battle Brothers. I I, I died because <laughs> I was fighting a room with like three people that I killed, and then I was resting, and I was really low on health after that fight, and some dude just came in from like four rooms away and attacked me, and it's just like okay. You know, like that—that that doesn't feel fair or good. Right, it's, so just, I mean, it's just a, is a stupid. Prime it's just a stupid mechanic. Some of these games are games for masochists. Yeah, like a lot of people that dive into to games like that. Like you have to grind. Like Battle Brothers is a prime example of a game I really want to love, but if I lose one more guy to a random headshot from some unarmored archer with a bow and arrow, and this guy's—it's like twenty missions I've had to do to get this guy leveled up and get geared up. Bam, dead. I'm like, what the fuck? Like my archer just died. And it's going to take me hours and hours and hours to replace him. I can't even afford to replace him. And he just dies. Yeah. Like, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing you can do. Uh, I mean, it's just like, I honestly think it's a, it's, there are a lot of games out there where the devs are appealing to us a niche crowd who like that. Of psychopaths. Yes. <laughs> they enjoy the suffering and pain of randomly losing there's a There's a lot to like in Stone Shard, though. I don't want, I don't want, like, people to think that I just, I, I hate it just because of that. But 
that it was like, enough I, to get I, me to I, stop I, playing it. I just thought no, I, and I, that's I'm not okay. wasting and my I time did, on a yeah. game that's just going to do this. Like it's not. No, you're right, and there's no reason to if that's not if if you didn't fight if you didn't die and think that was okay. I'm I learned from that. I'm going to do it again. Yeah. I'm excited to carry on. I will try again. Like if, unless you're excited to do that, and sometimes games do that. Like I I don't want. I, there's this growing frustration where people code incredibly hard games and then everyone loves them. And if you say anything bad about them and you say, oh, I don't yeah. like this game, just get good. they go, well, uh, just right. get good, fucking noob. <laughs> yeah. Why, are you, why do okay. you suck so hard? Yeah. Why are you criticizing the game for being hard? It's like, well, I'm maybe... Uh, I, do you know I mean, if sometimes it feels like you, if you're a game dev, you could just make a really hard game and people will review it overwhelmingly positive just because oh it wasn't for me I I did I wasn't very good at it I, I died straight away I only played it for half an hour I didn't really like it but oh, I give it a positive yay <laughs> like, do you know what I mean like uh, people are scared to do that people don't want to stick their necks up and say this game was too hard for me because it's like admitting failure I also think with a lot of those games what you end up with if, it, if it's that brutally hard people are going to min-max it and it turns out oh this is the only build that's actually any good. Yeah, so you know it, what come, I mean? it, like, kind, it can boil don't, down don't, to Don't that, do yeah. this, don't do that. This literally boils down to, this is the only thing that actually really gives you a decent chance. Yeah. And I like I like games that give you a bunch of different ways to win. Uh, I it don't, annoys I don't me when mind, a game doesn't I, have that. I don't mind a game throwing uh, curveballs at you once in a while too. Like, you know, you if you eat some berries that you found because you're hungry and you get poisoned, but there's some reasonable way to get around that where it's not just like <laughs> you're dead now you know it's like it's like going back to yeah. sierra adventure games you know like <laughs> yeah oh yeah, yeah. you shouldn't have pressed the one key randomly you're dead i hope you saved you know like it's just i don't know do you know the first the first game i could remember being like that i think it was called dragon's lair and it was an arcade game and it was very expensive because it used Instead of just graphics, it was almost like watching a cartoon. Yeah, it had the right? cartoons, right? They were in it. You, they were in arcades. Yeah, I think games. it was Ralph yeah, Bakshi. Dragon's Lair, yeah, was the artist, I think. But it was really fucking impossibly hard, like impossibly hard. The game gave you no feedback. There was no idea of what you had to do. You just had to learn by playing it. And there were trading cards that came out to go with Dragon's Lair. I remember having them. I remember I'd play the game. I'd put my money in. I would die almost straight away because there was no internet guide to look up. You had to buy a magazine that said this is yeah. this is what you do in these rooms. Yeah. And the trading cards that you could buy would give you hints about what to do on each room. And it would be like, when the dragon moves to this side, push right. If you push any other direction, game over. You're dead. It's like that throughout the game. Yeah. It, it's unfucking believable that yeah. it was a thing. And it's just stupid. Because it, it doesn't it's it I, I i feel like there's there's clever ways of making something difficult like where you you either need like skills like you need to practice to get better at it or whatever but there's some really just bullshitty things that happen where, lazy. where people are just like oh it's really hard but it's like no it's not hard it's just badly designed like it's yeah. you know what i mean like there's there's uh, like, a way better hard. way of doing this yeah like dota is hard and the the, the, the better you get it the harder it gets but you can always, there is always a way to win. Yeah. That, that's what I like about it. And yes, there are some games you just think, oh my God. But it's like you got outdrafted or, the, you know, you, you you made a fundamental mistake. Yeah, there's there's, the the there's metagame kind of components yeah. and stuff too. Yeah. But a game that just says, oh yeah, sorry, yeah, you, you, you ate the wrong berry, like you said. Yeah. You're like, but there was no, like, I, I don't like a game where the only way to learn what not to do is by dying to it. Like there should be some hint that this is a bad yeah, thing. Yeah, it's it's stupid. Yeah, like most games. If, let's say you know those puzzles where I think Mario. That's why Mario did this really well. Is you generally know 
okay, something's about to happen. Like if there's a platform that's going to collapse, it wobbles a bit and you think, oh shit, this is going to collapse and you sure, jump off but it. The thing is like in a, in, in a game like that, in a platformer like Mario, the average time it takes to complete a level is like a minute or two minutes or whatever. There's even a timer on the top of the screen, right? Right. So if you miss a platform and die, okay, cool. I'll retry it. It's not, a, you know, but like in a game like Stone Shard, um, where you can only save the game by sleeping at an inn or whatever. Right. You might, it might have taken you two hours to get to the to to like the depths of this fort that you're fighting your way through, just just to get sort of you know dunked on by some dude that probably shouldn't have heard you. I know it's like early access. Maybe they'll change it. I don't know. No. But it's just like, and then you die, and then you, and then you have to restart. But it's not like a. There's no satisfaction to it whatsoever. You just have to redo two hours of the same shit yeah. to get back to that point. I mean, the point. thing is, by putting that in, what you're doing is saying, we don't want save scumming. Like, we want that sure. kind of rogue experience. But it's like, but but that's a, like, if you don't want to save scum, just do an Iron Man run. Just let people do an Iron Man run. Let me save scum, because I can't get anything out of the game if I can't save scum. Because yeah. I'll just go, like, fuck this, I'm done. Like, I'm not going to spend another two hours doing the same fucking level. Yeah. I think that's why games like XCOM and maybe Battle Brothers works because it's not it's not just you and one character. It's it's the overarching game is you're managing a squad, a roster right, right. with like a backbench and stuff like that. So in XCOM doing an Iron Man run, it's a little bit different because you might lose your best guy, but then it makes things interesting or it can. Yeah, make and it's part of the story. I yeah, find. like when I've done like, an oh, XCOM fuck, run, we lost Reggie. She's done 50 missions. Oh but my then God. somebody else has a chance to shine and it's interesting and it's like, okay, cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like in a game where you control one character, like I guess like I'm not a big Dark Souls fan either. And I guess there's, you know, a lot of people love these like really difficult games where you have to like learn patterns and these big boss it fights might happen and stuff. To you. No. It might happen to you. You'll play a specific game and it will get you into that genre and suddenly you'll be like, oh. Maybe I maybe I could do dogs. No. Maybe, you know, and then yeah. you try it, and maybe no. you'll like. I've it. watched Harry play. Because there's kind of the gateways to it. I've like watched people Star play it that are good at it, Fallen and they Order die to a chest. It's like a light one, and Remnant from the Ashes is really light, light Dark Souls yeah. feel. It's good stuff. They're good fun. Not yeah, I, 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 I haven't like any of those games that I've played. I haven't really enjoyed. Like, Lewis, just... I have a heart condition, and I have, <laughs> I have anxiety. There's no way I'm playing a game where I die, and that's the end of the game. No way. Too much for me. Too much. Do you know what you much. should be playing with? Barbies. Yeah, Pokemon you should. Cards. You should get a Malibu Barbie flag. I would love That's to. That's what you should be doing. I would love to. You know, Get some G.I. Joes. Man, I wish I didn't sell them. I sold all my G.I. Joes at a garage sale when I was in my teens. I needed money for smokes. <laughs> <laughs> my sister broke the heads off all my action men. Right. She, she, she pulled the heads off all of them. I couldn't believe it. I, w I went to university, I came back, and I was like, I wonder if they're going to be worth anything one day. I went to look at them. All the heads have been pulled off. I mean, and she did this because my I had set up a sniper overlook from my bunk bed, sniping down into the Barbie dream house, right? Which is a perfectly acceptable thing course, to do when yeah. you're like 13 years of age. She recon, remembered yeah. that. As soon as I left the house, I'm off to university. She's like, fuck this nerd. I'm going to snap the heads off all these action men. What the fuck? What kind of vindictive bitch is my sister? She's chill now. Well, We're cool now. <laughs> <laughs> She's dead now. No. I killed her. No. I sent the A team to kill her. But they worked it out because they haven't killed her. If you'd had your whole collection of action men or G.I. Joes or whatever preserved throughout those years and you find yourself like in your 40s and like being nostalgic and looking back, you could have been that guy that just has a room in his house devoted to like 
your shrine to you know childhood toys or whatever. No, I'm I'm, I'm glad that I sold all my toys and yeah, now I don't I don't have that uh, that attachment to stuff like as an adult. You know, like material things I, I I'm not overly attached to, and I think that's because as a kid <laughs> I sold all my toys at a garage sale. <laughs> So, you know what I mean? I bought like, some cigarettes and some beer and some weed. <laughs> oh, it was way man. Cool. I, I've got a lot of stuff from when I was younger still here, like um, comics and, and role-playing stuff. Cause I, you I, should I, give it to I, your daughter to like bargain up in the playground. No, yeah, I want to trade it for Pokemon cards. a really good deal. But yeah. to me, this is like, like she loves looking through this stuff. And I, I like the fact that I've kept it because I know she's going to be into this stuff when she's older. So I, I've kept it honestly because I know that one day she will get value sure, from it. Dad. Also, I'm still desperate to play the original <laughs> Car Wars with someone at some point. I reckon Ben Car Wars? Yeah, Car Wars, mate. Car it's one of the best Wars, board games of all times. We're playing. And Starfleet Battles. Any Starfleet Battles fans out there? Yeah, there will be. There will be. Couple right. of nerds. <laughs> Couple of Dude, nerds. Bless you. I'll come wait, bring it down with you. We'll play it here it's, when you come down. The the rule book for Starfleet Battles is like a tax manual. It is insane. Oh, don't worry, we got Ben though. So. Alright, but it's literally I'm not he kidding. He probably knows it already. You'll be in the middle of doing so. I'm gonna say, actually, Lewis, according to rule 14b.6.01, clause three, you cannot launch a wild weasel shuttle on your turn after you've done your energy allocation, but before you've done life support or something. It'll be like that. Yeah, but be like, then, of course. Then ben will say, oh, unless you're using that tachyon card, in which case you can <laughs> do it. There's no you know tachyon like, card. Ben will know. No, but no. Ben will know. Like, ben he, doesn't he'll be like, know Starfleet yeah, I've played battles. Starfleet Battles for six years. Ben doesn't with, know uh, Starfleet Battles. Tony. I guarantee you he doesn't know Starfleet Battles. Five quid says he does. A tenner says he does not. Twenty quid says he does. Wait, when we say no, are you saying he's heard of it? Or are you saying he knows the rules? He knows the rules. 20 quid, done. I'll have okay. 20 pounds off you, sir. <laughs> well, we'll I see, guarantee you Ben does not know the rules for Starfleet Battles. You do nobody not know does. what Ben knows. He knows a no, lot of shit. You do not know what Ben he knows. He spent years in those... He, he, <laughs> we played Modern Warcraft for 10 years. He played fucking Battletech and Starfleet Battles. He played Battles Starfleet and, Battles. No, for I guarantee Wars you he Rebellion. didn't play Starfleet Battles. Is he in the office? Is he in the office now? Yeah. Well, you, you were, ask him well, now. you were busy prancing around, collecting mounts, and raising your reputation with the bronze dragon flight. You know what Ben was doing? That's right. He was playing Starfleet Battles the no whole fucking, way. fucking time. No way. He learned all the rules. He learned all the moves. This guy has got the moves. He's got the he's got the razzle dazzle. He can bust it out anytime he wants. I guarantee you, he doesn't. No, nah, he probably doesn't. You're because right. I know Ben, and he likes fun games. And it it's is not, not at his a desk. I have to ask him when he's back. Right. Okay. All right. Right. Anyway, that's enough time for today. Yeah, right. Thanks for watching, listening, everyone. Thanks. Um, we'll be we'll be back next week. Oh no, we won't. Where are you going away? Are you going to be away on Thursday? Uh, I, I will not be here on Thursday. I'll be in. Flax is going to Tarkov so next week. So we're going to have a couple <laughs> of weeks of Triforce break. Um, uh, yeah, because we're away for, the week after that too. For, so yeah, holy crap, see, that's come along really quick. And then TwitchCon is just around the corner too. Holy, geez. I'll do a solo podcast to fill the Please time. Please do Mon Mono Force in your in your in your dressing gown on um, on your channel. Yeah. No, yeah, I'll do, do a that. solo podcast. Or I'll, how about this? What? How about the week you guys are away? I do like. Uh, a special Triforce where I talk to other people no. and record those conversations and we put it on. No. As like a Triforce on the road interview special. I'll talk to a random assortment of people I know. Sure. No, I won't I won't get around to no. it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be bothered. Right. The more I think bye. about it, the less I want. Bye. Thank you, bye. bye.